Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Knicks podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA and sports and pretty much anything and everything. I am Jason Talbot and with me of course my dog barking in the background and none other than back in Brooklyn, Marcus Chinqui. Marcus number 30. Six. I'm gonna ask you, how the hell are you? Doing pretty good. Like you said, I'm back in back in Brooklyn. It's a whole new, whole different vibe out here. Sun shining <laughs> today, though. We got a nice uh, sixty degrees. I think it's going up to. Ooh, trees yeah, are got, blooming. We're sunny and sunny in Detroit. Sunny in Brooklyn. Yeah, How's it feel cool? to be back? It was an interesting drive back from the Poconos down to New York because start to see, like we're out in the middle of nowhere, dead trees everywhere because it's cold. Start to see a little blooming, a little greenery. Yeah. Feels good on the way back. Uh, yeah. Did a little walk yesterday. Had to get groceries. Have nothing in the house because I just moved yep. in here and then left. So I think it was March 1st. That they passed the law in New York City that they can't give you plastic bags anymore. So it's only paper bags. So I go to the grocery store. I don't have my own tote bag. And they give you the paper bags with no handles. So (laughs) I'm carrying these two things, like two heavy bags. I got to carry like six blocks, city blocks, all the way back. My arms are like noodles. My arms were shaking the ent- all day yesterday just after doing that. I was like, this is insane. Like carrying two 40-pound bags all the way back to my place. And then I get this this woman passes me on the street. And she's like, you know, that bag looks like it's going to rip. And then just keeps walking. I'm like, yeah, thanks. You know, <laughs> Wait, were you holding – so if they had no handles, were you holding them from the bottom? I had to hold them from the bottom like – like yeah, two children like holding. You're not like Kevin like. McAllister in Home Alone. No, uh, I would have loved some handles. Through. So how are and they gonna rip? How are the bags gonna rip if you're holding it from the bottom? Because there was like wet stuff in the. I had like vegetables in the bottom, <laughs> so the bottom of the bag. You could see it was wet, and this lady just walks by. Those bags ain't gonna make it. And I said, Yeah, I know. And she's like, Well, I'm just saying. And then she just keeps oh. walking. I'm like, Why oh did you God. feel the need to say something to me? And then I'm wearing masks, oh, so like they had the yep. mandate was put in on. Tuesday, like the day we got back on Wednesday, Cuomo issues the mandatory face mask if you're outside. Yep. So I have to make one out of bandanas. My glasses are fogging up. Every yep. time I wear it, so I have to take the glasses off and I can't really I go see. contacts. <laughs> if I'm ever out of the house with the mask, I go contacts. So that, now I know. I was like, I got to put the contacts in because I took the yeah. glasses off. It's fogging everywhere. But uh, yeah, so I made it back, got some food. <laughs> You can just imagine this guy walking around Brooklyn carrying heavy grocery bags with fogged up glasses. Yeah, like I could. And eventually I took them off, but then I couldn't see really well. I couldn't, you know, my eyes are hurting oh, if I'm man. looking too far ahead of me. You know, yeah, it was interesting uh, after. That's, this is why we got to ask, how you doing? Because <laughs> we're always going to get an answer. We're always going to get an answer. Whew. Man, needed that chuckle. That was good. Also, I did, I'm telling I saw, I did one of Heidi's workout videos. Shout oh, out to Heidi show. Lou, friend of the show. Yeah, How one of feeling? her ab workout videos. My legs were killing me the next day because yeah, I didn't do a good stretch. But you know, it's a lot of like you know lifting from the core, lifting your legs up and swinging and doing all that kinds of stuff. Haven't worked those muscles in yeah. who knows how long. So I'm like 
struggling to walk and then trying to carry those grocery bags. I was like, it's amazing when you haven't worked out for a while and then you go in for a hard workout and just for days. Yeah, um, like I'm still a little tight, but oh, uh, it's getting better. So, how how are you doing? I'm that's, I'm yeah, doing okay, li- man. Life I'm, out there. The spider I'm living, <laughs> Yeah, quarantine life. I, I got ripped up by a spider last week <laughs> cleaning out the garage. Uh, the the swelling has gone down. It doesn't itch anymore. So, but the, the marks are still there. Did you do the so oatmeal bath? I didn't. I powered through. Uh, <laughs> used the hydrocortisone to bring it down, and just uh, it was bad. Oh man, that was uh, that was something. Getting a lot of bug bites these last couple of years. I don't know. I'm just house stuff. You get out in the yard and just things yeah, happen. So they they like those corners in the garage. Right? Um, kill the kill the spider this morning actually. So I don't know. We got Terminex. I pay them a lot of money to <laughs> take care of this house. Let's 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 get moving here. All right, man. So we, I want to say this is our fourth quarantine episode. Uh, we're bringing you this cast on a Sunday. Probably go live Monday. So this is before the Jordan documentary is coming out. Uh, it's not the Jordan documentary. I get it. Not that anyone's sending in fan mail to complain. But if <laughs> if they're, if we do get some, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, everyone's just calling yeah, that. Yeah, but apparently, I mean, maybe yeah. I could take a step back here. Apparently, he's the holder of all the footage. So it was Ooh. up to him on when they put it out. So that was like Such a story a that came story. out yesterday. Love was that, that he's been sitting on this footage for like <laughs> 30 years. And then after after the Cavs beat the Warriors, he finally gave the green light to uh, release the footage. Because he's like, oh, well, people aren't going to be talking. about They had the 73 Warriors that year. And then LeBron's yeah. winning titles. So Jordan's being petty, and he's just like, well, I want to bring back, let everyone know What's about up? those Bulls. So now you guys can go out and do it. So Love that. Maybe, Love MJ. Yeah, so we can oh, call man. it the Jordan, Jordan uh, documentary. But we're, we're excited, and I'm sure we're going to come back and talk about it because, I mean, nothing else is really going on. That's <laughs> so what for, you know? that's what we're going to talk about. And like we do every podcast, we're going to kick off with some Knicks talk. Somehow. I don't know how this keeps happening, but the, there's Nick's news. And and I feel like we're not even forcing it because we were worried when this whole thing started. Like, what are we going to talk about? Like, even when the Knicks are playing, we get sick of sometimes talking about the Knicks. Like, I'm just sick of talking about, oh, why did they lose this week? And what are they doing wrong this week? So this week, there was actually a lot of news. And I'm going to kick it right off. It's kind of died in the news cycle a little bit, but want to get your take first. Charles Oakley is doing some talking. And we all know Oakley's a little crazy. We've, we've known this. We've known this for years. He's a, he's a hothead, you know. That's... But this time, took it too far, man. I'm really upset about this whole thing because a few podcasts ago, too, I was talking about how Dolan, we were getting momentum. This guy was going to be out. I made a bold, bold prediction. And now with coronavirus and now this thing that's going on, it's it's completely over. Dolan's not going anywhere. I'm I'm taking back the bold prediction, completely. Dolan's not going anywhere. Can you give us a, a recap of what exactly happened? Because I thought this was new news, but it turns out that this happened maybe a while ago. Yeah, I feel like this interview happened a, several weeks ago, but they only picked up on certain parts of it back then, and then it came out again. 
this part that's weird i don't know why it just came up again last week but to uh to paraphrase oakley essentially saying that ewing wasn't the right leader for the team yeah and you know he was too essentially saying he's soft and was and wasn't able to lead this team and, no, and carry the team on their back. Carry the team on his back, and yeah. you know he would duck away from the press and stuff, right, and he yeah. wouldn't own up and all that stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Oak. <laughs> whoa. Now I remember a very different Patrick Ewing over those years because, and, and we were young, we were young, the, but but he was the only one that was the media. Oh, every time something happened with that team, it always landed on him, yeah. and he carried it, you know. You know, he had ups and downs with the with the media and with the crowd and everything. But I don't think anybody had done more with less yeah. in their entire careers. And that's not to say that the players around him weren't good, but he was the superstar. We all knew he was the star of the team. And they put pieces around him to, to compliment him for the most part. And for Oakley to come out and say all these negative things about Patrick Ewing. It's like, where's it? Like, where's this coming from? You know, yeah. like, unless they, maybe they had like a side, they had some gambling issues going on. He wasn't happy with him back in the day. Something else is rubbing him the wrong way. They just going to come out and say this stuff. But I don't know, man. Like yeah. I was not, not happy, not happy at all. So, so first I went back and I, I, I saw the a tweet about it and then I saw it kind of getting bigger. And I think you tweeted about it is where I first saw it. And then, I watched the clip and then I thought, oh, maybe it's just like a quick, like 10 second clip of something he said and they're taking it out of context. But it was like a two minute rant he was that going, he's just going ripping on Ewing. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, think he can't be saying this. And, then I, and that's why I brought it back to Dolan because, you know, Oakley getting kicked out by Dolan. Now you look at all the comments on Twitter and everyone commenting on social media not one comment taking Oakley's side. So now Dolan looks like he did the right thing with Oakley. And I just could not believe the things that he was saying. Completely unfair. For a second, I could kind of see where he's coming from because the Knicks never won a championship and the team never got over that hump. Could you throw some shade on Ewing saying that he couldn't win the big game and could never get that ring for the Knicks? Maybe. But as every Knicks fan knows, Ewing gave it his all, and there was a guy named Michael Jordan. And really, if you you want to pinpoint a situation, you would go to the, the year of 94, where it was their best opportunity. And you always talk about the other year with all the injuries and the heat game where everyone got thrown out. That could have been another opportunity. For them to win, but really that 94 year was maybe the year that you might think he's referring to or something. But even you look at that year and we all know, you could say why the Knicks didn't win. And <laughs> looking back at that more, I, I don't put the blame on John Starks. Kind of wanted to talk about that game a little bit uh, as well, but I'm really upset. I'm just really upset that Oakley came out and did this. And a lot of people say too, it might've been because he got traded to Toronto. And he's still bitter about that. And yeah, he still but I don't has... think it was Ewing's fault that he got traded. No, know? of course not. Right. And that's why it doesn't make sense. Like I, I, I really, I can't understand where this and is coming. You know, from. what was interesting to, to piggyback off that a little bit. Did you listen to the, 
the uh, Woj interview on his podcast with Patrick Ewing and Jeff Van Gundy. I did not. Good listen. So they, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm betting they recorded it before all that news came out because Ewing didn't even mention it. And he was actually, you know, praising Charles Oakley as a teammate in that interview. Yeah. And a lot of it was, you know, coming up on the the Last Dance documentary and everything. So they went back and to their point, the team that could have beaten those Bulls was the 93 team, which is a good, I mean, it's a good option. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that like, team had in general that over year. those years. Yeah. And they're like, I think they were the only team to take the Bulls to seven games. Yeah. And so they're talking about that squad, you know, like the 92 team and then into 93 and how they play them and, you know, like what the relationships were. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good listen. Yeah. I'd say and, it's like 30 minutes. It's like, give it a, yeah. give it a whirl. And, but I think this is what makes it so hard is that that 90s, the 90s Knicks was like, a lot of people say, and I know it was our generation when we were growing up, but that was probably the most exciting time of the NBA was the 90s. And that 90s Knicks team is probably one of the best NBA teams to have never won a championship. And it's really sad. It just, it adds to the layers of sadness of what it means to be a Knicks fan. That not one of those teams won a title and it yeah, really I mean, sucks. I mean, the 93 and, and Oakley, team won over yeah. 60 games, Yeah, which is and the, and, unheard of. <laughs> and so with all that pain and where you could point blame and this and that, and I don't even think it's fair to blame John Starks. And I want, I wanted to say that game seven, two for 18. It was bad. It was really bad. Game six and all the other games, games four, five, six Starks was balling. And I went back before we started recording Olajuwon fouled him. And you know what, refs? It was a clear foul. Because (laughs) if you watch the play, just look at the ball. And as a ref, you should know, if you're on the three-point line and you get fouled, the ball would have kind of moved in a different direction. Like, you can see that he got hit on the arm, and that's why the ball came up short. Even if you blow that whistle late, it is pretty obvious that he was fouled. A very obvious foul. Like. I've been saying it for since, I know, since 94. And I knew you would love that. And, <laughs> and so I feel bad for John Starks because I feel like his name is kind of tarnished as a Nick fan for being remembered as the guy who kind of blew game seven. But it happens. And you keep shooting. You keep playing. It didn't fall that night. Um, I don't think there's any single player or coach to blame through the years that the Knicks didn't win. And. Oakley, who's always been a beloved, you know, Knicks player, I kind of look at him differently now, man. I'm, I'm real. This, this really upset me. And even like other players were coming out and saying, like, you know, slow your roll. Like you shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. And you know, every and like every every team Ewing was on, if he ever like went down, everything like every player's like we're doing it for Patrick. Like we want to get yeah. him. We know all that he gave to this team and to the city over the years. Like he carried not just a team, but an entire city on his back for yeah. over a decade and well over a decade. And it's like, you know, just show a little respect to, yeah. to number 33 and, and to the And Oakley, you were, team, you, know? you were a piece to the, to the team, you know, it's just, it, it's not a good look, man. 
Yeah, I mean, if anybody wants, like, you could be, you could factor him. If you're going to blame Ewing, you could blame him, too, as being part of why it didn't work. And it's like, you know, but you shouldn't be pouring blame at anybody. I don't think anybody, like no. you said, anybody's to blame, really. Like, they were put in a really good position, and they were a really good team. And you just it, run up against, you know, Michael Jordan. And that's, yeah. that's why, just, like, in that interview, Jeff Van Gundy's like, well, just like, is there anything you're like interested in looking back on? They're both of them like, we didn't have to watch this. Like, we were there. We know <laughs> it sucks. I'm pissed off still. Like, I don't want to yeah. watch it again. <laughs> so, you know, that's going to be a part of it. Like, not, they're going to go through probably 90, 91 to 93 and then 96 to 98. Yeah. Leading up to the last season. And the Knicks were probably the the one team that everyone, maybe you point to like Phoenix could have yeah. had a shot. In 93, but Knicks were up on them 2 0 in 93. And then that game three, Jordan's coming. Like, I figured, I mean, what did they say? Like, he was he was out gambling and doing something the night before. <laughs> yeah. And then he was, he shot like, he like couldn't hit a shot. And the, that was the game. And they took the foot off the brakes and they lost that. And then he came out and scored like 54 on them in the game after that and something like that. And, it's heartbreak. It's, it's, it's hard. It's tough. So, so yeah, it's like, yeah, they don't need to watch this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe uh, now I don't want to watch it. Let's just make the <laughs> oh, I'm watching it. I'm watching. I need to relive it, man. Uh, so there was one other thing and a way to segue into some current, uh, a couple current Knicks things. But with watching, and we're going to be watching more of the old school basketball with this uh, Bulls documentary. But you were mentioning the four point play game you were watching. I was watching some old clips. And just seeing some '90s teams and like, it kind of just got was me playing the MSG played the '99 playoff run yesterday. Um, it, so but it kind of got me thinking about the Knicks team now, and then even going back to the '90s and watching those teams play basketball, and just how good the Knicks were in the '90s, and like how, like if that '90s team now. Played the Knicks constructed now in a seven game right. series, like it would, be, it would be like not even close. They wouldn't even be in a game. I mean, they would just It'd be get a sweep out. and they'd win by more than <laughs> yeah. 10 points every game. Yeah. Um, which just kind of upset me a little bit and really brought uh, some sadness. Um, <laughs> but it's just so again, when we talk about the Knicks today and what I kind of want to get into because some trade rumors and you know, certain players, Knox's name keeps coming up. In the news, um, you know, we're just, I think we need to remember with the Knicks now is that you're trying to build. It's all about building and betting on players who are going to be good five years down the line and hopefully develop a, a, a contending team. But lately, really, there were two things I saw in the news with current Knicks stuff. Uh, I'd say number one that I saw a couple days ago was already Knicks trade rumors. And that was, you know, there's been a lot of talk of Philly possibly dealing Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. So, of course, the Knicks rumor is about them getting Embiid, which you would hope it would be about getting Simmons. (laughs) But instead, it's uh, a big man who is injury prone and... The one, one of the few guys that we actually like on the Knicks right now is a big man. So, can you help me 
understand this? I, I, I mean, is it just the only nothing? Reason I could see that even being a story is only because he's connected to Leon. So anybody who Leon's connected to, they're just gonna they're gonna be rumors. No they're gonna what. roll with it and just yeah. say, oh, maybe. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, like there's that talk of can Embiid and Simmons work together. And you can't build. You got to pick one of them and build a team around them. And if you're a smarter GM, you pick Ben Simmons and yeah, go around him. But that's not to say that like I mean, everyone knows that Embiid is not a bad player. So it's like right. if you have him, you know, it makes your team better if he's there. But it, again, I, he's you know he was injury prone. He's not. I mean, he's been better the last like couple of years. Like you just got to monitor it the right way. But do you do you play like? Would you then have to like play him and could you play him and Mitch together? No, absolutely not. Like a like a David Robinson, Tim Duncan kind of thing. But maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. it's just I'm, I'm, you know what it is. I think it's Nick thing. fans too that we've seen all the big stupid trades, whether it was McDice or Curry or Van Horn or you know whatever it is, trying to bring in the big name. It just stinks of that. Like, we're going to make a big splash to bring in Embiid. And you, why? And then like, it, it makes see, no sense. If you see Mitch go to the Sixers, you put him with Ben Simmons, he's going to look amazing. And yeah. he's going to be very upsetting and frustrating if that, if that happens. Yeah. It, just, so it stinks think... of a stupid Knicks move, but I think you're right. I think the only reason it's a rumor at all is because you can connect some dots and make a story of it, but it's really not a thing. It's not you'd real. Have to, in order to get Embiid, you'd have to give up so much to get it. Yeah. You'd have to give you'd up give up Mitch probably. Every, you'd have to give up Mitch. You'd have to probably give up RJ. You'd have and to give up rounders. a first rounder. Yeah, at the least, that's that's what you'd have to give up. And I don't, you know, that's that's classic Nick move is to make that splash. And I don't want to so see stupid. it, Leon. Yeah. Put the phone book away. Yeah, we don't want to I've, see it. I've, That's I've not already, the to make. Yeah, I, I've already told you too. I, I, I got a bad feeling about this Leon guy. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna see how it goes. Um, and that was yesterday. I saw another post with Leon's name on it. Made me a little upset. I there was no real source and there was no quotes or anything, but it just had claimed that Leon Rose is unsure about Kevin Knox. And there might be some talks of moving him. This upsets me. I don't know if this is real also. Um, It's got to come, I guess, from somewhere. But we're all unsure of Knox. We're all unsure of everything right now. I don't want to hear this stuff of our management being unsure of stuff. You're getting paid to make a decision. Don't be unsure. Be sure and make a move. But I think that's I mean I so I think again it's like you know saying it that way he's trying to you know hedge his bets or whatever but from what was happening on the floor I think it's clear that he is not in favor of Kevin Knox because he wasn't playing because he wasn't playing and I don't and we again, we don't I, know we don't know how much of an influence he has on who was playing who was getting minutes and stuff like that is it still Perry that's making more of the decisions. But Mike Miller wasn't playing him. And we got into a nice little uh, 
Twitter back and forth with somebody yesterday, which is, uh, we enjoy it. We love uh, some comments. Please uh, join in. But at he Let's was saying, next. he was saying, um, yeah, at, at Let's Talk Next. We'd love to hear it. So there was a, there was talk about this post and this guy saying that it wasn't, it's not fair to Knox that he's he's not getting like there's a little bit of hypocrisy there and that you want to see it and you know you want to develop these guys but he makes one bad mistake and he gets yanked and then Bobby right. Portis does the same thing like three or four times oh God. and it's still getting minutes and I agree with him on that it's like you know there's got to be some there's got to be some call coming from somewhere telling them to do that or or that's Mike Miller's call we don't know Right. Who's really making all these decisions. But again, it's like, you know, we watched Bobby Portis turn the ball over many, many times. But the only the only difference I see really is that Knox doesn't look like he either knows what he's doing or doesn't look like he it, cares. Yeah. Is the thing. Portis is, you know, the crazy ass come out. He's like he's like, Oh, you know, my bad, you know, my mistake. Knox doesn't seem to give any of that, like you know, acknowledging, oh, whoops. I made a mistake. He just kind of puts his head down and sucks on his mouth guard and runs backwards. And it's like, you want to see some fire and desire out of him. Yeah. Frank had the same thing last year, you know, like he's making the mistakes and they got to coddle him and make him feel better. And like, you know, they're telling him like, Oh, it's going to be, we're going to be okay. Like you're going to be fine. And he just seems to have more of a passion for it. And that's what I've been saying since last year is that I'm not seeing the passion from yeah. Knox. And, and I can't argue on that front. I, and we talked a little bit about this off the cast where if that is an issue with Knox, I don't know, but it, if that becomes an issue of just, he doesn't have the fire and desire, as you said, then that's a problem. You got to get him out of there. Then, okay. then we got to part ways with Knox and get what you can for him. But I, I, and I, lo- I love that you brought up the comparison with Frank because I see so many similarities there. And I really think that we just got to give it time. And I think there's going to be a switch that's flipped with Kevin Knox. And once he gets a little more confidence, and to be honest, he's got to get stronger and he's got to work on his just overall skill. I mean, we talk about the, the layups and just some of the moves that are just like, what is that? Like, what are you doing? This kid needs to be coached. And this is where... Even more than players, Leon, can we get some, like, coaching? Can we get, like, a structure? Something that is just going to be stable for at least, like, three years so that these young guys... I mean, how many coaches has Frank seen already? And this is why KP left. I mean, even in his short stint there, he's like, get me out of this, man. Can you imagine if Porzingis was still there? And now now another coach, Mike Miller, has to come in, and then they're going to bring in a new coach, and then Leon's coming in, and then, I mean... It is just a mess. Um, so how do you develop young players when, from top-down management, you have this mess? Um, I think Knox, the lack of passion that we're seeing, I think it's just how he carries himself and just the way he looks. I don't think that's it. I don't know. It could be. I will, gi- I will, I will give you that. Um, but I hope the Knicks stay with him. And I... I have one question for you. There's a name you bring up a lot, too. And I see it on Twitter. I saw some back and forth on Twitter. 
Iggy's name keeps coming up. Love him. And and there's this <laughs> and there's this idea that Iggy is gonna come in and he should be getting minutes even over Knox, and maybe Iggy could surpass Knox. Where where does that come from? I'm a little because for me I'm thinking it's because of like what he did in summer league. Cause that's really all we got to see him. Like as a not, player. Not even. Where it's coming from it's coming from the G League. Or the, played, even the G League, yeah. He plays a ton down there, so that's the thing. Yeah. You're getting to see more of him than you are of Knox. And what you see of him, and that, that was a conversation at some point this season, would do send Knox down to the G League and just let him get minutes down there, which I think probably would have benefited him to do that. But Iggy's down there putting up numbers. He's getting buckets down there, and we're seeing more of what he can do because he's scoring, he's sure. leading scorer on the team. And you bring him, like, I think now is the time. You gave him enough time down there. Now it's time you bring him up to the NBA and see what he can do on the big stage. And I think he's, I almost think he's more ready now than Knox. And they play the same position. So see, it's going to be. I think that's, that's smoke and mirrors, man. I, I think if Knox was down there in the G League and what Knox, why we got so excited about Knox, because he was setting these summer league records and against lower talent was putting up these big numbers, scoring at will. I think you're seeing a very similar thing with Iggy, where once he gets in an NBA game, it's not going to be that easy. But I will say at the same time, I like Iggy and I would love to see him get some minutes and get some run and a player we can groom. And this, all this comes back to the thing I'm always saying about the Knicks is that you guys got to decide what direction. And this goes back to what you were saying with Bobby Portis of like, who's getting minutes? What are we trying to turn this team into? We can't keep adding free agents or drafting guys and then not playing them, playing them. It's just so all over the place. Like, what are we doing? Do we see Frank for the future or do we not? Do we see Knox for the future? Do we not? Do we see RJ? Do we like make a decision and start building a team? Like, let's go. I don't, I don't want to hear these Joel Embiid rumors. I don't want to, you know, and I think as Nick fans, we all want to see Iggy. We don't want to see Wayne Ellington. <laughs> like nobody wants Wayne Ellington in the future of the Knicks team. And he was playing some good games. He kept the Knicks in some good games. You stink. Fine. Good for you. It's it's not what we want. We don't we don't see Wayne Ellington. Yeah, he's team. just not. Um, so we gotta we gotta just start making decisions. I don't want, and that's not sure. You're not sure, Leon. Leon, you're not Leon. sure. <laughs> oh man, I just. What you are you know getting paid? Interesting. What are you getting paid for? Let's make decisions, man. I was so talking of like development and stuff. So they played a Nick game on NBA, like on the NBA's Facebook Live or something like that on Friday night. They were playing the Knicks and the Warriors from Ooh. 2013 Ooh, when 2013. Steph went off for like 50 something points at the Garden. <laughs> and I was glad they played it because finally they're playing a game, even though it was like Steph's coming out party, the Knicks still won. So yeah. I was like, I remember watching that game. Oh, Doris with the call. Some yeah. of her best work. Loved it. Yeah. That was, okay. and so then you had a young, young Steph. Draymond was a rookie. Young Clay coming up against the AARP Knicks. 
Yeah. And I was like, I was watching this team, and I was just like, man, you know, looking at it from one side, the Warriors team. And there was a lot, there was a lot of talk. Doris is going into a lot of, like, how Mark Jackson coaches them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's, it's all these young guys. And, you know, he's finding that balance of when to coach them, but when to inspire them also and just, like, making sure to keep them in the game. And when you have a player that's going off like Steph was and, you know, the players that just like to play for him, they like to, they want to win for him. And you hear all that and we have, I mean, we don't have a superstar in, like, on the verge of a superstar with Steph. Like, he was just coming off ankle surgery that year. So he hadn't become Steph Curry by that time. That was, like, this coming out party. That's why that game is significant. And, you know... Melo still torched them for like, I think he had like 36 or something like that. J.R. Smith had 20, he hit like eight threes in that game or something. But it's like interesting to see how that young team was being groomed. And their top guy that year was actually David Lee, who was like, he was an all-star that year. He was like the big name, but he just happened to be, he was suspended for a game, so he didn't play that game. But Mm -hmm. it's like, it's funny to see like where, a team starts and where they end up. And like, if you're doing it the right way and the warriors are like the quintessential team that did it the right way. And, you know, takes me back to thinking like people really want to see, still want to see Mark Jackson. There's talks of, you know, Tibbs. And then there's talks of, uh, who was the other one? I don't think there was another guy other than Jeff Van Gundy, who I don't think will ever come back and coach the Knicks. But, You know, people worry about t- for some reason. I saw Tapes was uh, trending on Twitter a few days yeah. ago. And I was like, "What happened? Like, did I miss a, a signing? What's going on?" But it's just people talking about, you know, if he comes, like, "Oh, Frank's knees are going to be blown out." So and so's going. But if you think about it, it's one guy. You know, Derrick Rose. Yeah. It would have happened regardless. The right. amount the of knee injuries knees. that he had, it just happens. You know, yeah. Jimmy Butler's fine. You know, like (laughs) Taj Gibson's still playing, so you know, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that blame on on Tibbs for you know, like it's known that he like runs players ragged. Yeah, Dan's I mean Dan Tony they're twenty years old. Like Steve Nash is running around. Yeah, give me a break. So that's what like I'd I'd still be interested to see how getting a guy like a Tibbs or or Mark Jackson that their players loved playing for them. Yeah. And seeing what they can do. And, like, yes, you have to kind of have that DNA to want. Like, Jimmy Butler had that where he's just like, all right, cool. You know, yell at me, tell me what to do. Like, we're here to win. All yeah. those players that were on the Bulls had that. And it's, you know, even when we had Mike Woodson, like, players wanted to play. Like, players liked him. They wanted to play for him. He was the only one that could get yeah. through to J.R. Smith for whatever reason. And I was watching that team. Got me a little but- excited. Pretty yeah. happy to see him. But I think, too, with that, like, you're talking about Mike Woodson. Like, that Knicks team had an identity, and everyone knew what their role was. And we knew, you know, when Novak would come in, he'd just be our spot-up three guy. And JR was, like, that energy boost off the bench, sixth man of the year. And Mello was the closer, and Tyson was the man on defense. Like, everyone had a spot. And I understand that this Knicks team is young, and we're trying to figure it out. But you got to, like, take steps in the right direction every year and th- through the middle of the season. 
if you look at who's starting, who's sitting this season, like you were talking about before, with like Portis is making mistakes constantly, but he stays in the game. Knox makes one bad mistake. You got Julius Randle dribbling off his ankles. You got like Mitch Robinson sometimes is in the game, sometimes he's not. You don't know. Okay, we're going to start him. No, we're not. We're going to put Taj. It's just, it's chaos. It's absolute <laughs> chaos. Then Wayne Ellington, oh, he's not playing. Now he is playing. Like, I. What are we doing? What are we doing, guys? They've collected all the... Everyone talk about rebuild, and they've collected all these young players over the last several years. And it's like, okay, what are we going to do with them? Like, Sooner or later, you have to make that decision of who to let go if it, you know, if you send Dotson to Phoenix or whatever and you turned out to be great, okay, good for him. Yeah. He just wasn't a fit on the team. And they just leave it at that. But there's no... Like you keep saying, there's no direction put in place. And yeah, you can do that when you have more proven players like that 2013 team where like, you know, those guys have been around. You knew who to put where and how to use them the right way. Yeah. But and- now you have a chance to just develop it. You just like put these guys say, here's how you're going to play. Here's how we want you to play. And they'll yeah. fall into that role. And And I would love to see a coach like Mark Jackson get in there and at least like make decisions about what he wants to do. Like, Remember Alonzo Trier? This offseason, coming into this year, so many Nick fans I talked to were really excited about what kind of leap Trier would take. And Alan Hahn, he's been tweeting all this year about like Trier's efficiency ratings on offense and like why this guy isn't in the game. When have we I don't even I can't remember the last time I saw that guy play. Or when like what and then is there anything from management or coaching talking about? What's going on with him? What's their plan with develop, developing him? He played him? like nothing. He played like the final four or five minutes of the last like three or four games or something like that. And yeah. everyone's like, "Where?" And he was like getting buckets. He while like, he was yeah, out he there. drops like fifteen points in three minutes. It's and they're like, "Where's he been yeah. this entire while he's like while he's on the call?" Just like I, I don't know. No so, one knows why yeah. he just all of a sudden shows up. And then, and you know, I'm glad we got rid of Marcus Morris. Because, like, you, you can't build a future around a 31-year-old who I don't think was helping people. And now, we, and now what Morris was the issue before, now I think Randall is kind of the, the issue moving forward. Of, like, okay, so now he's kind of our go-to guy, but no one, other players are having problems with him. Fans were kind of having problems with him. Like, we don't want to build a team around Julius Randall. Like, we were excited to see him play. We liked him as a piece. But now, seeing the way things are shaping out, uh, I don't want to pay him twenty million a year, and he's probably going to get more expensive. So, I mean, me. speaking to that, I feel like next episode maybe we go through who's left on the team, but who has the yeah. team options? Who's got team options, and who they should just let go? Because yeah. you figure, I think all of them have. I think a lot of their contracts were team, not player options, so they could ditch whoever they want, but. We'll, it's, we'll do a we'll do a GM episode. Uh, We're each gonna put on our GM shoes, and we get to make all the decisions. I'll take them or leave them, and let's see. Yeah, see what kind of squad we end up with. Man, a lot of a lot of leave Um But it was fun to watch yeah. that that game. Yeah, and I watched. Uh, they've been putting on a couple of those from that year. That was that's easily the last fun year that the Knicks had, and yeah. I think we can agree. I, I think we did maybe. Maybe I might think it more than you would, but if we had gotten past the Pacers, I think we would have pushed the Heat. Because yeah, that year, the, I think we had them 3-1 on the season series. Granted, yeah. the, LeBron the Knicks, didn't play one, but... 
the Knicks ran into a lot of issues, I feel like, in that Pacers series. Like, they just, what was it, like, Roy Hibbert? They could not figure out what to do, and it, it just the matchup was bad. And yeah, Bellow had one the, arm that he was playing the, on. The yeah, the players, there was a lot of injury issues. Jason Kidd forgot how to play basketball. Um, you know, and the that was the year when we had Sheed in the beginning of the year, who was just like such a key veteran piece, who was just so nice to have on the floor. He got injured. It just, Kenny you just Martin felt, yeah. In. And then he was getting way too much playing time. I think Woodson pretty much choked under the pressure and kind of showed why maybe he wasn't the best coach. That's what I think. When it came to the big year, game. They got outcoached by yeah. Frank and, and and the players on the floor, you know, they needed to be coached. It just wasn't. Melo couldn't carry that team on his back. Uh, literally, he had a bad arm. It just, it wasn't adding up. And as Nick fans, we knew it. And it was just such a shame because how many times we see when we get to the playoffs and you're just like, ah, oh, like there's always something. I mean, punch and fire that, extinguishers. It was that game one, <laughs> that game one of that series, I think um, was it. Because we lost that game. We're coming off the win against Boston. Yeah. Running high. And then they just like blanked on one game. And then that turned the whole series. Lost the home court yeah. advantage. But was that still... was a good team. A lot of people thought that team had you never it was kind of like it was an all in year. Yeah. And uh, I was like there's some plays watching those mellow to Amari under the basket plays and I was like, "Oh, he's, you know, like this kid work." Doris is like, "Oh man, like this works when yeah. when it's going." And like Amari cut into the basket, Tyson. That's why I tweeted at Mitch. I was like, <laughs> "You want to see how to play? Watch Tyson during yeah, those watch... during that season and that's how he should be playing." And I'd love the, to get Co- Tyson on the coaching staff, man. Let's see, go. Like, what's he do- Where is he? I think he's on the know. Lakers. Just sitting on the bench. Or he Everyone's might be at Houston Lakers. or something. But um, bring him in and let him, ch- like, the tip out. Defensive player yeah. of the year that year, you know? And then he broke his leg the beginning of next year. Yeah. So that just derailed the entire season. Not to go down a sad path again. <laughs> but it was it a always... fun team to watch. We had, you know, Felton, Kidd, and Pablo coming off the bench like get Pablo on the bench man I found out he's yeah. in he's in Brooklyn he's on the Brooklyn bench so like Kenny Atkinson comes in that's who the other coach was interesting you bring Kenny bring Pablo in let him and Frank get to talking you might have a you might have something going yeah so, hey, hey I'm, I love Pablo I, I had a conversation with him when he was on the Clippers broken English it was a lot of fun yeah. he's smart a guy. guy great great guard Really uh, enjoyable player to watch. What was he like a thirty? What are they called? Is a thirty-six-year-old rookie or something like that? Oh or? yeah, yeah. Oh, happy to man. have. Man, I miss when I miss watching good basketball. That's all. That's all I want to see. And 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 I see the potential, man. You know, you gotta sometimes you gotta just build a new team, and that's what we're trying to do. But you gotta keep going, man. Just <laughs> come on, just get get some structure, man. Fucking Dolan. Language. <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, of uh, basketball, I forget we completely we completely glossed over the uh, horse. Oh yeah, that was I, was I don't even know gonna... if we need to talk about it. We, we had I mean, a lot of mixed talk this this episode. I'm yeah, nor a horse. I mean, I guess we'll just talk about it. It was really bad. I'll say I'll just say that it was it was really bad. Um, they, you know, all the questions that we asked before it started of like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do that? Like. I don't think anyone really thought it through. Um, there's got to be a way to just get better quality. Like, they taped it. It wasn't live. Yeah. You can't get some high-def cameras Just like, over yeah, there. just send somebody or, over there with a nice camera. Who lives you can by, do it I don't with know, the phone. Mail it. Yeah. 
Um, like you could see they were doing it with like somebody like Zach. Uh, yeah. Zach Levine had like somebody sitting back there with like a laptop. Yeah. And they were like, or Chauncey had his daughter trapped in like some ladder or something <laughs> filming the thing. I'm like, what are you doing? Just put your cell phone on the thing. The quality on those yeah. looks so good. You could talk to them through your ear. They could tell you what to do and watch it on another screen, but just film it on one and it'll look so much better. Yeah. The quality would and, work. It's not hard. And one of the things I hate about horse and that I feel like happened in every matchup with Zach Levine, except the last one <laughs> is that he's kind of bending the rules using his athleticism to get easy letters by like, he's like layup, no rim. And he just jumps to like dunk it and drops the ball in like, dude, <laughs> Like Paul Pierce is like limping out there. Quiggs isn't going to be able to make that, you know. And yeah. That's what he said. He's going up against WNBA players. Yeah. He's they, like through uh, the legs, like, layups, jump up off the backboard, through the legs, like dude. Like he's like, I know that on, WNBA man. players are some of the most sound yeah. and technically proficient shooters in the world. I'm not going to shoot against them. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's. There, there should have been some more rules set in place. That's not cool. That's, that's like, you know, you're playing horse with your little brother and you're doing all this stuff. Like, you know, you're going to beat his ass like H-O-R-S-E to, to nil. And you're, you're just having fun with it. It's cruel. It's, and that's it's, like, at least Mike Connolly was coming up with some kind of yeah. weird shot, to, like horse shot yeah. to do that stupid thing yeah. on the finger. They can point. I don't know how he missed it so badly every time. It's <laughs> like he's punching it and it's going to the left. Yeah. But very he, creative. He won though, right? Yeah, Mike Connelly yeah. won. Yeah. So, but like well those deserved. games, they just went on. I was and, like, you got to play pig or something like that. Yeah. It just went on way too long. And they're trying to do like the interview questions in between, like just have conversation. And it was, I guess we watched it. So, okay, yeah. probably got some viewers. You're begging for sports. But NBA, maybe we'll take some learnings from this. You could have done a better job, more planning. And also, like, some of the people don't even have legit nets. They have the little, you know, roll-up nets that you fill with water on the bottom and the yeah, soft the, rims got, and, like, what, come on. Name? Is it Allie Quigley? Is that her name? Yeah, her her yeah. home court setup. I'm like, her. she's got the court that, like, I had back in Flatbush. <laughs> you know, you can put a couple of bricks on the thing so it doesn't move. I'm like, she's a professional yeah. basketball player. Which soft is, backboard. Which speaks to how yeah. WNBA players are treated. But yeah. <laughs> but it's two of them. Like her wife is a WNBA player too. Like yeah. y'all can't afford a hoop. Just like yeah, you know, lay down some concrete ground. even in the backyard. Get a get a legit hoop because I see yeah, the backboard all the day. Like get a nicer house. Like <laughs> Trey Young, his hoop sucks. Hey, that's yeah, Trey Trey Young man. I don't what's going on. His dude? rim was crooked. I'm like, what is going on here? Like and then Chauncey's got a full full hoop full court in his backyard. Uh, Trey, remember when he was a kid, he used to lower the hoops. You can dunk on it when you're a kid. Like, Trey's playing on the eight-foot rim. Yeah, he's playing on the lower. <laughs> um, I was waiting to yeah. see somebody that had, like, milk crates strapped up to the, the back of the, <laughs> the back. Had one of those yeah. back in I the was, day. Uh, yeah, I was getting pretty pretty nauseous. Um, oh, man, good stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bad. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. I think... Just gotta, just gotta think it through a little bit more, NBA. Um, and I think alone, if you just up the quality, that would be a, a huge upgrade. So yeah, because like they can't I wouldn't, hear each other. It was like choppy. Yeah, all the time. and I wouldn't say get rid of it. I, I would say use horse as a basis and maybe mix up the rules a little bit, change it up, 
Maybe maybe the shots are are already predetermined. We pick them out of a hat, and you have to do them. So both people have to do them. So no one. It's not like hey, because even watching the guys, they're like, "What are you gonna do next?" And they're like, "Um, um, I'm like." You haven't had time to think about this? Like, <laughs> you've been sitting home all day. Come on. Like, have your horse shots ready. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting you were going to ask me. I didn't know. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, man. Anyway. I got... I. Other than that, I... Uh, that's all I really got, man. I don't know. You got... That was a lot. I'm surprised we got as much... Uh, yeah, all basketball. There as we did. Wow. Um, time flew I've been, by. I've been going back. Yeah, my time at home, we've just been going back watching. We finished Sopranos. We're watching Breaking Bad now. We're going to watch Mad Men next. We're watching all our, our top favorite shows. What are you up and, to in uh, Breaking Bad? Uh, almost done with season two. Breaking Bad goes so much quicker because you got the. You used to be on AMC, so you have about 44 to 46 minute episodes versus Sopranos. You got hour long episodes. Uh, you can That's plow what's right tough through for me with Breaking those HBO Bad. shows. I can't do the full hour. I just. It's long. 40, 42 yeah. to 46 is the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're just, I mean, great TV. And, I'm almost uh, through. I started season five of Better Call Saul. Ooh, so, so good. I just saw. Finale uh, Monday. I, I saw a nice Breaking Bad crossover in the last the last yep. episode. I don't know if that continues, but it was it was nice to see. Um, I started watching this show. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it. Just indulge me for a little bit. It's so this another Netflix reality show. I saw. Is it the too hot uh, to handle? Oh God. Okay. I just went it like on Friday. I was like, "What is this? I Matthew's talking I, about?" I, <laughs> Let me give it a look. So I'll say it's terrible. It's not a good show. <laughs> it looks bad. I watched the trailer. It went. So you know what it's about, right? I do. To to sum up, eight people get sent to some. Beautiful island. It's all a bunch of attractive people for the most part, and never very original. And original they all concept. think they're going for some hedonistic getaway, and they're all obsessed with sex. And then they find out they can win a hundred thousand dollars, but you cannot have sex or any sexual contact with anybody. It's a family for show for a man. month. It's a family show, and that's that's <laughs> the basis of the show. And if you do get caught doing any of it. You get penalized and you lose money, so that's what's supposed to make it interesting, I guess. But it's so it's so weird. I don't know. It's a lot of Brits on there. There were like three or four British people, one Australian guy, and then a couple of Americans there. Uh, an Irish girl, very cute accent. I do like the Irish accent. I just she you know she was kind of a nobody, but it just made Canada made Canada look terrible. <laughs> but it's not a good. I was like, ugh. but it was such an easy show to watch, so I just watched all of it on Friday, and I hated myself by the time I went to sleep. I just watched. I just watched all of it. It was only eight episodes, so I was like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll watch them. Oh, but it's a very God. anticlimactic ending too. Like they and so they had like the one guy who was pissed. Hey, off hey, every time. spoilers, spoilers! Come yeah, on, man. It was like one guy who uh, every time they lost money, he would just get pissed off. He was like the accountant was his name, this British guy. And that's all I get. Like, he's like, all right, I could go a you, month without having sex. But that's like all they talk about is like, oh my God, like, I want to kiss you. I want to do this. I want to. I was like, talk about your dog or something like that. It's not hard to just have yeah. a conversation with somebody <laughs> every day. I guess you have nothing else to do. But I would not recommend it. Yeah. Uh, I was, have, you, have you watched 90 Day Fiance? 
Oh yeah. Oh okay. You're, you're already yeah, on. Okay. I was we, way ahead of you on that. We never I'm watched the last season. We we got all the way to the last season. It was just too much ninety day. Um, but with uh, <laughs> uh, um, what's that girl? The girl from the Dominican Republic. And that dude from uh, that dude, the guy with the ponytail for, that lives down in Florida. They're the only black couple. And she like thought he was rich and stuff, and every time. It's like the, he, that's the backstory of everyone on the show. No, but he was just like such a dopey guy. He's just like he's just trying to take care of his son, and she comes there, and his his sister's like, "Do you know that he's poor? Like, why? Like, what were you thinking?" She's like, "He's like, oh, he told me he can get me a apartment. I want a new apartment. <laughs> is, is he going to buy me a car and buy me new clothes and all that?" And then it's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like this guy's a, a chump from from the Bronx, probably. <laughs> He's just trying to live his life, and this girl's <laughs> trying to take over. I was like, yeah. Oh, man. Clearly the Dominicans are not getting a good um, rap on that, on that show. Yeah, there's it's, a lot. Yeah. There's, the it's guy, just bad news, man. Who was the guy that was with the girl from Atlanta? Oh, yeah, yeah. Another Dominican guy, yeah. Uh, God, I, I, it's been a while. It's been a while. I'm, I've been so into Sopranos and Breaking Bad. I'm, I'm you know. That's the better you know choice. <laughs> um, so I'm going to keep it going. Yeah, I don't – I wish – I don't really have any – new show recommends. I'm just, I'm going through, through old stuff. Um, we're watching a lot of sports stuff. Jordan documentary tonight, nine o'clock. Order some dominoes. Be ready to um, watch. There we go. Um, so yeah, I, I would say next time I like that next time. Let's, let's talk documentary. Let's talk, uh, GM of the Knicks little, little role play. I like that. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, we'll see what other news, yeah, the I'm the sure there'll years. be something. Uh, so, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Talbot. You can follow Marcus at M. Chin Kui. And, of course, follow at Let's Talk Knicks or on Instagram at Let's underscore Talk underscore Knicks. This is episode 36, right? Yeah, episode 36 of Let's Talk Knicks. We'll talk to you next time.